Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Let me talk about the three laws of sowing and reaping. Okay, if, if your life is going to be satisfied by the seed of your mouth, we need to understand there are laws of sowing and reaping that once we understand these, you know, we're, we're gonna live a great life. The Bible says, he who loves his tongue will eat the fruit of it, and love means appreciates it. When you appreciate the power of words, I make my living speaking words. My word, I know it's God, it's not, not my power, but I speak for a living, and my words heal people. But there was a day that my words wounded people. And here's what I know. Words are so extremely powerful. And you can turn the power of those words to your advantage by speaking life. And it says, if you love your tongue, you'll eat its fruit. If you appreciate the power of this thing, you need his fruit. Here are the three laws of sowing and reaping. Number one, you reap what you sow. Okay, well, that's, that's, just, that's just the law of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6, Paul says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, that will they reap. Well, why would he say that? Because there are people that believe they can get a good response through bad words. I did. There are times that we believe, I need to wake my spouse up. I need to to cuss them out. They need a good cussing out. You know? I I need to threaten divorce. I need to threaten adultery. I need to tell them they're ugly. I need to, I need to, I just need to rip into them. And you know what it'll do? It'll wake them up. No, it won't, it'll devastate them. You cannot get a good result. You're deceived. Paul said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And the word mock there is the word nose. It's muckter. It's muckterizo. It literally means you're not gonna throw your nose up at God and defy his laws. Whatever you sow is gonna come back to you. If you sow corruption, it's gonna come back corruption. If you sow the spirit, it'll come back in everlasting life. Life, the power of life and death is in your tongue. So when you let your flesh, your sin nature take over and you start spitting out bad seed, you're deceived if you don't believe you're gonna eat that in something bad in your life. And when you open your mouth and you let God spit out a good seed, you're deceived if you believe that's not coming back with something good. You are going to reap what you sow with your mouth. That's the law of sowing and reaping. And so some people say, no, I just think that I can say anything I want to say and and get the results that I want. Now, let me say something about cursing because I've counseled Christians for a long time. And sometimes when Christians get mad, they cuss. I've had couples where sweet, godly people in church every Sunday just cuss upside one down the other. And they're sitting in my office and... and, um, They're talking about what they said to each other. And she'll say, he called me every name in the book. He said this, 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 or or he'll say the same thing. Here's what I've never seen in counseling. In all my years of counseling, I've never had a person come in and say, you know, Jimmy, the other night we were having a fight. We got into a really bad fight and they cussed me out. And man, it helped. You know, I, I I just didn't realize what it how bad I was. 
But when they started cussing at me, the light came on. And it, I just want to thank them. Thank you so much for loving me enough to cuss me out. I've, I've never heard that. Words are nuclear. At the end of this message, if you don't leave with anything else, understand this is nuclear. The power of death is in your tongue. Here, so you say, say two things to your spouse, little, little things. Just, you go up to your spouse and say, have you lost weight? Now you know, little, little bitty phrase, that's a point winner right there. Well, let me, let me just change it just a little bit. Have you gained weight? And a few words in a moment of time either brought encouragement or discouragement, either brought you closer or separated you. The power of words, the incredible nuclear power of words. You will never get a good response with a bad word. And if you believe that, you're deceived. That's what the Bible says. Another deception is I would say something positive but I wouldn't make a difference. I said to a guy one time, he had devastated his wife. It took me weeks, months, really, to prove to Karen I was changed. I mean, she said, I don't trust you. I said, I don't blame you. And it, my, our marriage wasn't healed overnight. We, we were numb, okay? But day after day, I woke up and I started changing the way I talked to her and we fell back in love and my wife got healed. But it took a consistent demonstration from me that I was different. I was talking to a man one time in counseling and he, he devastated his wife. He, he had just said things to her that were horrible and she told me, she said, I, I don't know if I can ever get over what, what he said to me and you can once they take responsibility for it. And I said to him, listen, you gotta stop the stuff you're doing with your mouth. You're, you're very cruel with your mouth. You gotta stop that and you have to start you know, using it to love her. He said, I, I did it all weekend. It didn't make any difference. I thought, well, what a phenomenal man of God you are. Be a jerk for 30 years and be a good guy for two days and are surprised that the world didn't change. You open this mouth of yours and you speak life and blessing to your spouse, you can resurrect the dead with this mouth right here. A dead marriage will come back to life. A bad marriage is filled with bad words. A dead marriage is filled with no words. A living marriage is filled with good words. And even in the midst of difficult circumstances, we can still speak good words to each other. And so the law of sowing and reaping just simply says you're gonna get back what you sow. Well, let me talk to husbands for just a minute because wives are more verbal, okay? We know that. Okay, Ephesians 5.26 says about Jesus, he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water with a word that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Now, Jesus is washing us in the water of his word, but he's doing it for a selfish reason. Jesus isn't selfish. He's sacrificial and loving, but it tells us here why he's washing us in his words. Pure, holy, encouraging words that come from God. It says, so he'll have a good bride. Jesus washes us. All of us men are supposed to be Christ-like husbands. And if we're Christ-like, it means we're not polluting our wives, we're washing them. Our words are wholesome and loving and pure and kind and encouraging and praising, and when our mouth opens, something good comes out. And they can expect that, and that's where trust comes from. And it says that Jesus is washing 
his bride with the washing of water with the word so he'll have a good bride. Speaking lovingly to your wife is the most self-loving thing you'll ever do. And you'll never have a fulfilling relationship with a woman until you get your mouth right. So what I wanna say to men is, first of all, your wife needs a lot more communication than you do. Now, here, here's what I say to men all the time, because a lot of men say, I just, I come home from work and she wants to talk and I feel like I'm being interrogated. I mean, she's, so no, she's nosy anyway and I don't wanna feed the monster. And that's the way I felt about Karen. I felt, when I came home from work, I mean, I, I was talked out. I, I, was, I was a salesman. I talked all day long. And I would come home and see, women don't want, Women don't want headlines. When they say what happened, they want you to cough it up. And they don't want to just know what you did. They want to know how you felt about it. Especially if there was like a tear that came, you know, or insecurity or something. They, they want to know because women don't talk to get answers. Women talk to connect. And communication is as important to a woman as sex is to a man. But we don't need as much communication. It doesn't mean we don't need communication. Men need communication. But women need communication much more than us. So listen to me. As a Christ-like husband, communicating to my wife, first of all, means it's pure. The effect of my language on my wife is gonna have a good result and I'm not gonna use my mouth to beat her down, to bully her, to punish her, or anything like that. I'm gonna wash her in the washing of water with my words. And... I'm gonna speak life to her for as long as she needs it, which means I come home, we put the kids to bed, we eat dinner, whatever, but there's going to be a time every single day where we sit down face to face without distractions and I talk to her for as long as she wants to talk and I open my heart to her. And I promise you, it'll pay off big time. When you will have a wife that you can present to yourself that is the wife that you want. See, a lot of guys just think that uh, your wife ought to just get it and, and understand how wonderful you are and just be this wonderful wife. But according to the model of Jesus, you don't just get a wife, you nurture a wife. You nourish and cherish her. You wash her in the washing of water with the word. But you need to understand words are critically important to your wife. And I'm not saying it's not important to a husband. It's important to a husband also. But this is being addressed to men, this text is. The second law of sowing and reaping is you reap much more than what you've sown. You don't reap what you sow. You reap much more than what you sow. If you put a corn seed in the ground, you don't get one seed out. You get hundreds of seeds back out. I can, I can feed the world with one corn seed. If I just plant that seed and then plant what comes up and plant what comes up and plant what comes up, it doesn't take long before I've got enough to feed the whole world. It's disproportionate. Here's the issue. Your mouth has a disproportionate issue on your life. What you do with your mouth is not the same as what you do with any other area of your life. It's disproportionate. This is James chapter three, and James says, we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at chips. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles and a tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire, fire by hell itself. And according to, the, uh, to James here, the tongue is a bit, a rudder, and a spark. Think, a spark. Think about this. 
A horse is controlled by a little bit. A big ship is controlled by a tiny rudder and a forest fire starts with a tiny spark and all three of those mean our mouths. This tiny little thing laying between your teeth can destroy your life and somebody else's life. And it doesn't take very many words to do it. But this tiny little thing laying between your teeth has the power to build a remarkable marriage and a remarkable family and a remarkable life and to create a friendship with God and to invoke the blessings of heaven and to see miracles happen. Well, here's the third law of sowing and, and reaping. There's a delay between sowing and reaping that differs between seeds. You, you don't go out and drop a seed in the ground and it sprouts up right away. You drop a seed in the ground, it depends on the germination period based on that seed. There, there's gonna be a delay. And let, let me give you, so in other words, it takes faith and it takes perseverance. Because what I'm gonna, so, sometimes when I say something to Karen or she says something to me, it has an immediate uh, impact, especially if it's negative. But sometimes it takes a while. So, sometimes it's not gonna happen overnight. And li listen again to what Paul says here. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't lose heart. Therefore, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. He says, in due season. Every seed has a due season. Let me, let me give you an example of this. First of all, is training up your children. The Bible says, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he matures, he'll come back to it. When he gets old, he won't depart. And, and gets old doesn't mean 80 years old. Gets old means when they mature. They'll come back to it. What does that mean? When your child is growing up, you can't always produce immediate results. In fact, you can damage a child trying to produce immediate results. Sometimes you have to produce immediate results if they're running out in the street or things like that. Our son, Brent, our daughter, Julie, when we were raising them, we trained them up in the ways of the Lord. And we talked to them constantly about doing the right thing. Everything was a teachable moment. Every time something came up in our family, we just used it as a teachable moment, and we taught them, and we taught them, and we taught them, and we taught them, and we taught them. But what we noticed was they fought against it at times. They went through difficult seasons at times. And we had good kids, but we noticed they went through seasons, but both of our children served the Lord today. Both of our children are godly children, and, and here's the reason. When you grow weary, you lash out at them. You tell your children something to do, they do the opposite. You're sowing seed into their heart, and what the Bible says, train your child up in the way they should go, understanding the seed you're sowing will bear fruit, but it might not be immediate. It might be when they're 18 or 25 years old, and they're 13 years old, and you're telling them, to be uh, you know, respectful to authority, and you're telling them to restrain their sexuality, and you're telling them to have good, uh, good attitudes and stuff like this, but you notice not all of it, there's, there's some seed bouncing off, and you know it. And what the Bible says is, do not grow weary. That seed that you're sowing into your child has a due season, and they'll come back to it at the right time. Don't turn on your child. See, here's what the devil does. The devil takes a picture of your child at their worst moment and convinces you you're a lousy parent. Because all of our children go through bad times. 
And all of us feel responsible when they go, go through bad times. Let me say something. I'm not responsible for all my children's responses. I'm responsible for being a good parent. And what that means is I'm gonna say the right thing in the right way and I'm trusting God for a good harvest. So I'm praying and I'm praying for something that's going on in my marriage or in my family or my life and whatever. Do you have the faith to wait for God to answer that prayer? Listen to me, you can say anything you want to your spouse, you're their equal, but who's the enforcer? And here's the other thing, is your God big enough to change your spouse? Because if you believe that your God is big enough to change your spouse, you're gonna pray and you're gonna wait for God to change your spouse. Doesn't mean you can't say the truth, doesn't mean that you can't do what you need to do, but what it means is if you believe that God is a big God, and that he can change your spouse, you're gonna say what you need to say and then go in your prayer closet and you're gonna pray about it. If you don't believe that God is big enough to change your spouse, you're gonna try. And you're gonna open your mouth and you're gonna say things that are harsh, that are critical, because now you're the enforcer. I can say anything I want to to Karen in the right way. And I can say, Karen, this and this and this. But the issue is, I have to have faith that when I speak the truth in love to my wife, that I have invested good seed, but it might not bear fruit today. It might take a few days, it might take a few weeks, it might take a few months, but the point is, I'm not gonna grow weary. I know that good seed produce a good harvest, and I know that God's always with me when I'm planting good seed. When I find myself getting frustrated, what I realize is, if I'm not careful, I'm gonna to try to produce an immediate result and I'm gonna hurt them, I'm gonna hurt her. So I'll say something to Karen and walk away and here's what I know, if what I'm saying is right, God is on my side. If what I'm saying is wrong, I don't want God to be on my side, I want him to change me. Because there's always the possibility I could be wrong. And if I'm humble enough to believe that, and humble enough to be careful in the way that I'm presenting what I'm presenting, the truth has its own power. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. He did not eat food, he only had water for 40 days. At the end of the 40 days, the devil attacked him. Not a demon, the devil himself. The devil attacked him and they had a war, not with guns, not with knives, not with bombs, but with words. And Jesus defeated the devil himself with three scriptures. It is written, it is written, it is written. After 40 days without food, emaciated, barely had any energy in his body, he defeated the devil himself. And here's the moral of the story. The truth doesn't need our help. It is a nuclear power that can vanquish any force on earth by its own power. Hey, welcome back. Dave and Ashley Willis here with Marriage Today, and we're gonna continue the conversation about some of the most important words you can say in your marriage, and specifically the words that most wives most wanna hear, and those words that husbands most want to hear. And if you'll implement these words regularly into your marriage, this could be one of the healthiest things you can do to bring you and your spouse closer together. It's so true, and we're gonna start with words that both the husband and wife need to hear. And first and foremost, I would say thank you Thank you. Just saying yes. thank you to your spouse, oh, or huge. I appreciate it when you do this, being specific about it. It's so huge, isn't it, sweetie? It is, it's so huge. And please and thank you, we'll use 
the basic courtesy with strangers mm-hmm. all day, and then we won't do this to our spouse, the person that we should love the most, and don't take them for granted. Thank them for stuff. You think, why should I thank him for that? You know, I do lots of stuff too, and he doesn't thank me. You know, you set the example and the gratitude that you show, yes. and it, it, it's so it's so disarming. It's going to bring Very. down the guard in your marriage and allow you guys to stop keeping score of who's doing what, and instead just really learn to appreciate each other. Yes. Because the more you appreciate each other, the better friends you're going to be. It's going to bring you together on every level. That's so true. I think another, you know, another phrase we obviously need to tell one another, and this may seem obvious, but sadly, it's not always said, is I love you. You know, I, I know couples where they just don't say it anymore, and that makes me so sad. Yes. You know, we need to say it. I think the longer you're married, the more you need to say that. The yes. more regularly you need to say that. I don't think there should be a day that goes by that you don't tell your spouse you love them. And and, and instead of saying, like, if they say, I love you, don't say ditto back or me too or whatever, like, you tell them you love them. I love you. <laughs> and what's and, even better than I love you is saying, I love it when you do this, or I yes. love this about you. Giving a specific reason why you love them or, or something that you just love about them, it's just awesome. It really is. And like, we, it's something that we've, we've tried to do a lot that I'll say, you know, sweetie, I just, I love how you bring our home to life by just making it a place so full of joy and warmth that that all of us, you know, just feel like is, is home, not just a house. And I love... I love how creative you are. And I, I love just how encouraging you are to the boys and me. And just praising each other in very specific ways uh, is so important. And saying, I love you often yeah. and thank you often. Absolutely. It's so important. And for both spouses. But there are some words and phrases that the husband wants to hear more or the wife wants to hear more. And maybe you don't say that to your wife or to your husband because you think, well, it's not that big a deal for me to hear that. And we make such a big mistake when, when we think, well, I don't need that, so he shouldn't need it. Or I don't need to hear that, so she shouldn't right. need it. And instead, we need to think, what is it that my spouse needs? How can I best encourage them? And, and then to do it. And for most husbands, one of the things that you, you wives can communicate that will have such weight and such power is to say, and you can say this in different ways. It isn't yes, just the magic sure. of these phrases, but the, the message is, I believe in you. I believe in you. I trust your judgment. I respect you. I believe that you can do anything. And if a husband thinks his wife believes in him, he will be able to do almost anything. But if a husband thinks that whatever he does, it it isn't enough for his wife, it'll just crush his soul and he'll want to give up. It's so true. I mean, I literally, Dave could be having like a rough day or just be down, you know, for whatever reason. And if I can just go up to him and say, you know what, you can do this. Like you do this better than anybody else I know. You are made for this. God made you for this. I mean, I can literally see a change in his posture. I'm feeling excited right now. You're just saying that. But but it's so true. It's so true. And you know, we want to bring out the best in our spouse. And so we need to really cater to the way that God wired them up. And God wired men to to need, you know, if they're married, to need their wife to believe. That's that they right. can do things, that they are the man, and they need to hear it. We need to be willing to say those things. You know, as a woman, we want to hear from our, our husband that we are captivating to him and that he adores us, that we're not his old lady or old news, but we are captivating in every way. And you can say this in a lot of different ways. Yes, guys, so, so just praise her, celebrate her, tell her how much you love her, tell her how much you're, you, you desire her, how mm-hmm. beautiful she is to you, how captivating, how fascinating, how interesting that you you need her to know by your words, by your actions, by where your eyes go. Oh, you yes. have eyes only for her, and that is going to build up her heart. It's going to make her feel closer to you, man. We've got so much more to say about this on our Naked Marriage podcast, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
and online at marriagetoday.com. So let's continue the conversation there. We'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and we wanna let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage, where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today. 